This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Drilling Deep. I'm your host, John Kingston. Let's remember that you have to drill to get oil, and you need oil to get diesel. And that's why we call the podcast Drilling Deep. This week's guest is, and I'm going to mangle his name, but I'm going to give it a shot anyway, Rajesh Rudraya. And I can't guarantee you that that is exactly how it's pronounced, but he'll be here. He's the CTO at Lytix, and they're celebrating their 25th anniversary, which in the logistics field is not an anniversary that everybody gets to celebrate. He's going to talk about the company's primary product, which has long been in-cab or on-the-truck fleet cameras. He'll be here in a few minutes. We're going to turn to energy now and transportation fuels, even if it's not necessarily diesel. The arguments over electric vehicles are pretty fierce. There are people and policymakers who see it as the future of transportation. There are others who see it as a gigantic waste of funds. There are some stark realities about EVs. On the negative side, we run the risk of becoming dependent on battery metals instead of oil. Is that that much better? We really don't know what the resale value of EVs is going to be like, and the subsidies to make them sellable are not small. On the positive side, people who own them seem to love them. Auto companies are clearly committed to them, and because the fuel is electricity, it means that the ultimate fuel is multi-channel, anything that makes electricity, from coal to natural gas to wind turbines. You can see all these figures about how small a percentage of the market that EVs have. They added a very small percentage. But the annual outlook of the International Energy Agency, which came out just in the last two weeks, it's very interesting because it says the EV penetration is getting enough to mean the growth of petroleum fuel consumption in transportation is coming to an end. Mind you that the only times pretty much in history when petroleum de consumption declined year on year was when something really nasty happened to the world economy. It declined as a result of the Asian financial crisis in 1998, and then 10 to, 10 to 11 years later, it declined again with the housing crisis and the Great Recession. The pandemic took a huge chunk out of demand. So growth is the norm. Remember, I am talking about petroleum here, and that includes not just crude, but includes LPGs, which are products such as propane or ethane. They go into making petrochemicals, and their consumption is absolutely not declining and isn't going to for, hey, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> long time from now. In the IEA report, the agency looks out to 2028, and it says what it calls combustible fossil fuels, which means things like gasoline, but not things like ethane to make petrochemicals, that those fuels are going to see a peak in consumption worldwide in 2028. That isn't that far off. The report talks about the mobilization, and that they, that's a word I'm quoting there, the mobilization of government plans to boost electric vehicles and other alternative sources of transportation. It sees $2 trillion being spent for that mobilization by 2030. The report describes road transport fuel use 
which is it describes it as long the mainstay of oil demand, but it's expected to go into reverse in 2025. Now, let's acknowledge that if it goes into reverse, it isn't doing so because of great gains in the electrification of trucks. That's still a problem. Batteries are too heavy for trucking. And beyond that, in an industry where travel time is very much money, the recharging of batteries in trucks is likely a non-starter. Hydrogen is the alternative future, but we've got a ways to go for that. Here's the good news then for trucking cons consumers. If gasoline consumption starts to slide because of EVs, you've still got the issue of sunk capacity in refineries. The owners of those refineries need to maximize their profitability, even while the output of what has long been two-thirds of their, their staple output gasoline is declining. So what are they going to do? Well, there are several things they can do, but they will probably, in the short term, maximize diesel output. There's precedent for that. When the pandemic hit, they did cut back on refinery runs, operating runs, but for, but for what they were still running, they wanted to go what is known as max diesel. And you could see it in the inventory numbers. They wanted to go max diesel because trucks were still on the road carrying all sorts of staples, but people were staying home. They weren't going to work. Gasoline consumption plummeted. So diesel inventories back then, when you had this max diesel output, absolutely soared relative to consumption. Just because the economics of refineries are such that it's not that easy to run up, let's say, 40 to 50% of your capacity. You go from like 70 to 75%, or you just go down to zero from there. They didn't want to do that. So what did they do? With nobody going anywhere that needed gasoline, they just made lots and lots of diesel. Now, let's point out that back then, refineries, refineries were reacting to a really short-term phenomenon. If gasoline demand starts to slide over the next several years because of EVs, it will do so far more gradually than it did in the pandemic. Refineries will have more time to put strategies into place. Capacity can be taken offline permanently with some planning. There will be a total overhaul of the refining sector if gasoline three years from now truly starts on a long, irreversible decline in demand because of EVs. But diesel use is not going to go through that decline by 2028. And that's good news for diesel consumers because the makers of the fuel need your consumers, your diesel consumers, more than ever. We're going to move on here now on Drilling Deep, as we always do at this point. You know, video cameras in trucks seem so completely logical. Why wouldn't you have a system? Most of the time that everybody who works with them say if there's an incident between a truck and a car or a truck and some other some other kind of vehicle, it usually shows that the truck driver's in the right, and that can help you a lot in litigation and other incidents. So last month, Lytix had its 25th anniversary. Lytix is one of the first providers of cameras in trucks. I also want to say that I think that any company that makes it 25 years deserves a lot of recognition. Think about how many companies in the trucking sector have come and gone in those 25 years. So it's definitely a time for recognition, and I'm glad that Lytix reached out to me. So with us here today to talk about the company and its history and also, well, lots of things, including those cameras and trucks, is, and I hope I get this right, Rajesh Rudaraja. He is the CTO of Lytix, and let's talk about a whole lot of things. So first, Rajesh, welcome to Drilling Deep. Thank you for having me, John. It's a pleasure to be here. And congratulations on the 25 years. Do you want to give a little recap of the history of the company? Yeah, I think Lytix was founded 25 years ago with sort of one vision in mind, which was to make a commitment to make our roads safer. Uh, obviously, we are not done yet. We have a long way to go to make our roads safer. 
Uh, the safety dimensions are constantly evolving, but Lytx is committed to a sort of um, making our clients on the road safer. So um, the history of the company has been that uh, we started with a little bit of technology, a lot of program expertise, but over a period of time, our technology has evolved to a point where we are able to sort of really bring this home for our clients. The ROI on our safety product is, is proven uh, beyond doubt at this point. And we are now continuing to add more and more um, risk vectors. And we are, we are going beyond helping fleets with safety. We're starting to help them with their operational needs as well. So, you know, I described you as a camera company, which I'm guessing after 25 years is probably grossly simplistic. I'm sure you moved into a lot of other areas. Uh, are cameras still the biggest part of the Lytx product offering or what else are you into? I think our, our products are centered around our cameras. I think we're getting to a point where a camera can not only solve safety needs, but it can, like I mentioned earlier, it can also start to solve operational needs. So we're trying to help our clients with obviously the biggest pain point is around safety, but we're also starting to help them with adding video to their other telematics use cases that typically uh, circle around operational needs, uh, fuel, maintenance, scheduling, that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, this is one of these areas where the technology isn't new, but I would imagine the available market out there is still huge. I'm not, I don't want to throw out any numbers, but, you know, I've talked to people in the camera side of things and the, the percentage of trucks that have cameras, you know, is still sort of shockingly low. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's grown now since the last time I spoke to somebody, but What's, what roughly would you say are the percentage of, of, of trucks of trucks with cameras? And does that kind of show that you, you may be around 25 years, but you still got a lot of fertile territory out there? Yeah. I think worldwide, we estimate to be there, there to be about 132-odd million commercial vehicles. Uh, based on all the market insights we have, we think about 2 million of them have video cameras in them. So it's it's still fertile ground as it relates to sort of the adoption of video and the possibilities that we have in front of us. Now, not all of those fleets are going to adopt video, but even if I assume that about 10% of them are going to get on the video bandwagon, that's easily a 7x growth rate in the market. And so uh, a lot of the industry analysts also concur that this market's going to grow at least about 20% over the next five years. And there's a good reason, John, for why the market is growing at this pace. I think the ROI has now got to a point where it's really well understood. There's a lot of uh, fleets in the enterprise space that have adopted this, that have reaped the benefits of having a solution like this. So uh, to simplify it, in other words, you can say that this technology is now gone mainstream. Most technologies have some sort of adoption. And I, I would say this is sort of starting to see mass market adoption now. And so that's one of the reasons why I believe that this is going to be a, a fast-growing market from here on. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. 
pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Do you have a rough figure on, let's say, cost per truck? I mean, if you go into if you go into a fleet of 25 trucks, is there kind of a benchmark of what a company is going to have to spend per truck to really wire these, uh, wire their vehicles up? Yeah, and I'll come at it from another angle because it's easier to explain it that way. So for every dollar that a, that a client invests in Lytics, we have data to show that they typically save about three to six dollars in in their safety and collision costs. Uh, so that that equates to about a 50 to 80% reduction in their safety and claims cost. So it's a very strong ROI, uh, irrespective of what their starting baseline is. So that's sort of how we like to think about it. It's like a cash machine. You put a dollar in, you get three or six dollars back from the other side. That sounds like a good machine. I'd like to find one of those. So, um, is there uh, Are there savings yet you're seeing on the insurance side? Are insurance premiums for fleets with cameras lower? Yes, I think we see both on the self-insured fleets and the ones that have insurance. For both of them, we have strong ROI that we can actually prove as these fleets take on these parts. So, uh, so you know, you 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 gave me that ratio of three to six dollars savings, but really, what is about the cost per truck, the upfront cost? Do you, do you do you have that number? Is that a a number that you get asked a lot? Okay, you know, I've got twenty five trucks. What's my in upfront cost per truck? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's typically, uh, I mean, it, it involves buying the cameras and then subscribing to a software service, right? So uh, some fleets tend to buy CapEx upfront because they have uh, programs in place that allow them to purchase the hardware. Some of them like to do what I call an alliance program where we typically fund the hardware cost upfront but start to get into a recurring service. So there's different models that we have that typically fleets uh, pick. So there's no one-size-fits-all answer. Based on their individual needs, we have different ways that we can customize uh, how clients get onboarded on. How much is the opportunity out there for you to put the cameras into the trucks as they roll off the uh, production lines at an OEM? So you strike a deal with truck manufacturer X, the cameras are in there, and all that really has to get done is a fee to turn them on. But I mean, I, I guess the cost of the truck would be higher as well. But uh, where, where you don't have to go in and install them, they come off the assembly line with the cameras installed. Is that a trend? It's, it's definitely a trend. Um, last year, we announced, uh, we publicly announced a relationship with Daimler. So we do have Lytics hardware baked into uh, certain freight liner models that are starting to go into production. Our clients are starting to get deliveries of those vehicles as we speak. So it, it is definitely a growing trend. It, it really simplifies the uh, the process of getting started from a client perspective because the hardware is already there. Uh, they have to order this as they order the truck. So it becomes part of the capex of the truck itself. And then they are, once they are ready and the vehicles delivered to them, they can flip on the service from Lytics. So it's it's a really convenient way to get started. Takes out the hassles of doing an aftermarket installation and stuff. So and the ROI of the safety program is still very strong. It's still the same, uh, but this is a faster and easier way to onboard the user. All right, I'm going to give you an opportunity for some free marketing, free advertising, and and the reason there's a method in my madness, as I've been with Freightways. 
and I cover, let's say, software services uh, in trucking. Uh, you know, I, I've been a few weeks ago. I was at the Gardner Supply Chain Symposium. The floor is all filled with technology solutions, not really hardware solutions like a camera system, but all sorts of supply chain software. And the reality is, like most of these systems, ninety percent of what they do are completely identical. You know, there's there's a base functionality in anything you sell into the trucking world that has to be met. And I don't even know if it's 90%. I'm pulling that number kind of out of thin air because it, I, did, I think it kind of drives home the point. I would imagine in cameras, it's the same way. You've got competitors. Most of what you all do are pretty much the same, but you've got to find some way to differentiate yourself. Almost everybody will tell you, we don't differentiate by price. We don't go out there and just try to undersell everybody. So you've got to have a better product. How's your product better? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, John. I, and I, I would take it a step further. We not only differentiate on our product, but also in the services that we wrap around the product because it is really important to show our clients our commitment to helping them get an ROI. We, we're not in the business of just setting them up with a product and sort of uh, letting them get there on their own. So I would say on the product side, we have a proven program. We call it the driver safety program. It's proven to produce results. It's the industry's most configurable uh, driver coaching workflows. It really optimizes the safety program for a fleet, irrespective of the size of the fleet, the stage they are in. It allows them to get started and get along this journey where they can really uh, start to bring in an ROI. Combine that with sort of the consulting experience and the client intelligence teams that we have. Over 25 years, we've really figured out how to help uh, clients, you know, build a program, uh, stick to a program, and show commitment to getting to their end goal. So we have an unparalleled uh, client and uh, customer success team that I would say that really get on this journey uh, with our clients to sort of get them to the other side of the fence. And in terms of uh, uh, the second differentiator, I would say, is, is the methodology that we have around incident investigation, driver exoneration. Uh, we are the only ones that really offer a real-time uh, self-access video service where you can actually quickly dig into what happened during an incident. You can establish if your driver was at fault or not at fault. And then we have some support from our industry best practices on incident management. So we we wrap the product and the service in a way that it makes it really, really convenient for our clients. And then the final point I'll make is that in this industry where it is really hard to retain drivers, uh, we sort of put drivers on sort of an automated improvement program. Uh, we do that by using our technology. I would I would claim that we have the industry's best machine vision and artificial intelligence. Uh, this not only identifies risks, but it is trained with billions of miles of training data. Uh, so it is really very, very effective. And we respect driver privacy. It's a, it's a deep part of our heritage. It is deeply built into our products. And so not only driver privacy, but our client privacy, we give them all kinds of options to really have a successful program while not putting privacy on the side. And the last point here is around geospatial capabilities that we have. So we've gone beyond the traditional dimensions of safety, which is just what happens on the road. We're now looking at situational context, you know, you name it, weather, traffic, um, historical risk, all of the data from the rich Lytics network we are bringing that to help all of our clients. So I would say we have many different dimensions in which we differentiate. So it's not just about the technology. It's not just about the product. 
It's about the whole packaging of the technology, the product, and the services around it that makes Lydex really successful. Uh, let, let me ask you, uh, what are the, some of the new features you're working on now? You're the chief technology officer. So my guess is that one of the things, again, back to the idea of you got to differentiate yourself, is you're always looking to build a somewhat better mousetrap. I would imagine the gains are somewhat incremental, but what are some yeah. of the things you're looking at? Yeah, I, I think we're constantly innovating on this front, right? So I think we're getting closer to a point where we want to be the single device in the cap. Today, our fleets use a lot of different pieces of technology to get to their safety and compliance and operational needs. We are starting to get closer to a point where our single device can power all of those needs. And since our cameras are always cloud connected, we're able to do a lot more processing of all of the data from these devices. We're able to bring rich insights back to our back to our fleets in almost real time, right? So that's that's one dimension. On the safety dimension itself, we are now detecting all kinds of new risks like pedestrians, bicyclists, uh, traffic light states, you know, and all kinds of other risks on the road. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we're also pairing all of that with things like weather, traffic, so that a fleet not only has just their information, but everything around them to be able to make meaningful decisions. The the biggest area where I see uh, rapid innovation and growth that is occurring now is actually use cases beyond safety. We've not really used video for telematics use cases. So uh, we're starting to apply video to all use cases now, including telematics use cases. So let me give you an example to sort of make that real. So in the transit industry, our fleets, uh, since they are in the business of moving people, Passenger counting is a really important thing for them. The, the idea is that if you're uh, you at the end of the day, you don't want any passengers left behind on your vehicle. So passenger counting is an example of a, of, a, of a telematics use case that we are now starting to enhance with video. Another example is where there is a change in driver in, in for whatever reason. So in low cost uh, or in low GDP markets, Cargo theft is a large problem, so those fleets have a need to identify if the driver of the vehicle has changed. So we're starting to build a lot of use cases that are beyond just safety and driver safety and driver improvement. Uh, I would say in summary that we're actually starting to add video to every use case uh, for safety and operational needs so that these fleets get better uh, by using video. From what you, you talked earlier about privacy, um, and you know you can you can meet all the the company needs, but you know, you've got to break through that driver resistance to it. And I know when camera first started coming in, into the truck, I mean this was a lot of driver resistance to that. Are you finding that a lot of drivers now, the ones who have experience, are just a, they just operate on the assumption that this is just part of the job now? Yeah, it, it's it's definitely changing. I mean, there's still plenty of barriers, but the minute a fleet experiences a successful exoneration event where a driver was not at fault and then they have the video to prove that the driver was not at fault, that tends to take off within that fleet, right? So when drivers become advocate for our products, then we see that the adoption is good. We've also done a lot of things in the driver to in the product to focus on the positives that a driver experiences or, or, or exhibits as opposed to just all the negative stuff that uh, we put, so we call that, you know, like we're trying to build a positive driver experience. We are giving them opportunities to self-correct. We are giving them self-coaching opportunities, taking the burden off the fleets. And we've sort of 
we wanted the equation to be driver friendly, if I can call it that. And that is starting to make adoptions here in these days. All right. And it being 2023, I'm going to wrap up with a question that everybody gets asked about everything, and that's AI. Uh, of course, there's really, when you talk about AI, there's two types of AI, in, in my view. There's the AI that's really been around for a while. It's not new. And then there's the whole sort of AI revolution that ChatGPT is, is the most obvious example of. And how do you see AI impacting the whole camera business? Yeah, I, I think there's, it's, it's, it's gonna, we can do a full podcast of its own on that topic. But uh, in a nutshell, I think we have uh, benefits that we can bring back to our clients as part of the product. We have benefits that we can use internally at Lytx to make all of our customer, client, uh, success teams, engineering teams, finance teams, and others be more productive and help our clients better, right? So we're going to apply it across the board, both inside the product to bring meaningful insights back to our clients. Uh, a lot of the value that we deliver today has been around OPEX and reducing costs that a fleet experiences. But I think with generative AI, we have the, for the first time, we have the opportunity to also participate in helping our fleets generate revenue on, and apart from just reducing costs for them. So I think that's going to be a big lever as we start to think about this and bring meaningful use cases into our product that use generative AI. Well, Linux is 25 years. How long have you been there? I've uh, been here for the last three years. It's been a, it's been an exciting ride, and I, I hope we have a, a good time ahead as the market pace picks up here. And where's your ownership? Is it uh, still VC back? Not twenty. You're not going to be VC back after 25 years, but maybe private equity owned. Yeah. So we are a private. Uh, uh, we are we are owned by a PE firm. Um, it's Permira. Uh, they specialize in investing in sort of market leading businesses and in different sectors, and they sort of allow for the growth potential to play out. Uh, so we have a really great partner um, paired with us uh, as we go along this journey. Um, they invested in us about three years back, right when I was about joining Lydix, and uh, uh, we were valued at about two and a half billion uh, in that transaction. Uh, we have about 800 employees in the company. Um, our technology is now evolved. We are, I think we're in use in about 85 countries around the globe and counting. So uh, we have some of the largest enterprise logos uh, on the board. Um, all kinds of industry verticals from waste to construction to trucking, transit, distribution, you name it. We have a large share of name brand enterprise logos on our board. And so that's a little bit about the history of the company and sort of our current structure. Well, we want to then congratulate Rajesh Rudraraja. Again, I hope I didn't mangle it too much there. He's the CTO of Lytics. Congratulations on your 25 years. And thanks for joining us here today on Drilling Deep. Thank you, John, and uh, hope to be back soon on a future podcast episode. Thank you. You've been watching Drilling Deep. We are part of the Freightcast family of podcasts from FreightWaves. You can find us on all the leading podcast platforms. You can also find us, of course, on FreightWaves TV. Every new show drops on Friday, so give us a look. I've been your host, John Kingston, and please join us again.